We're on the Source podcast, and I'm happy to uh, just be a part of this. You know, this was something that we thought was an idea, and just the feedback that we've gotten off this is just remarkable. I'm glad that you're on with me. But for those that don't know Patton, there's not many out there that don't know you. I mean, I'm blessed just to have a friend that's so well known. But we know you either love or you hate Pat Perquette, right? <laughs> that's right. I think if we ran a poll, I think a lot of my my close friends and close friendships started out with the hate, and and it turned into a to a genuine friendship. So, yeah, but I want you to introduce yourself to those that don't know you. I'm Patrick Parkett. I'm a lieutenant with the Greene County Sheriff's Office. I'm over the K9 Criminal Interdiction guys. We patrol I-20. We are in an area that is a major corridor for the entire East Coast. Our stretch of I-20 is Greene County, is Greensboro, Georgia, which is halfway between Augusta and Atlanta. I mean, we can probably do 52 ep- episodes with you alone, talking and teaching. <laughs> but I really wanted to focus on how we prepare and how we take the loss. Because I think there's a lot to learn, and I think you have a lot to teach in that, especially since you just went through it. Uh, so let's start off. If if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about Ovi. If you wanted people to know Ovi, what would you say? That guy, that guy was amazing. AJ, he was the epitome. I mean, he was just every single day, he just wanted to make me happy. Right. I was telling my wife the other night and I'll be honest with you. And and I want to get into this, but my wife is devastated. Like she's still trying to cope with it because what we don't realize a lot of times. And and it's like this in law enforcement as a whole, but especially talking about the canines, these guys are as much a part of a family as anything. I mean, they're, they're, they're there. If we're gone to work an off duty or we're gone to training or we're gone somewhere and we leave that dog at home, our wives and our kids and our girlfriends, whatever you have, they have to take care of that dog for us, you know? And so I, I honestly, during this process, I've learned a lot. I mean, you know, that guy never, he never complained, right? He never complained. He never complained when it was time to run a track, right? He never complained. He was ready to run that track. He never complained to me that, that it was his, every single time I opened that car door, his tail was wagging, his ears were up. He was ready to jump out of that car. And, and to be yeah. honest, AJ, the, the day that he got sick on me back in July, I believe it was, you know, I knew something was wrong with it. But for me to yeah. look in my car, I just remember many, so many times that I'd be on a traffic stop and I'd look back and you could just see his little eyes right between the two seats, you know, and that was just him. You know, he was ready to work and he was ready to train and he was ready to please me. Like that's all he wanted to do. And and if we, if we Google a uh, police dog, what are we looking for? I found that in Obi. People, people think I'm crazy. And I had a talking about motions to suppress. I, I had a, a motion to suppress one time and they had spent tons of money on this woman. She was phenomenal. One of the best to come out of Atlanta, right? Phenomenal attorney. She had me on the yeah. stand. She was wearing me out, right? It, just on and on and on, just picking, 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 trying to get this guy off of uh, the 26 pounds of marijuana that he had in the trunk of the car, right? Just picking me. So then she focuses on the canine. Now I'm not talking about 15, 20 minutes in. I'm talking about two hours in. Right. Then she starts on the canine. Right. And she starts talking about, so your testimony today is your dog doesn't get distracted. I said, no, ma'am. 
So you mean tell me cars coming by, your dog's not distracted? No, ma'am. You know, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. She says, so you mean to tell me, I think I was a sergeant back then. Anyway, you mean to tell me that if a squirrel ran across I-20, your dog wouldn't be distracted and chase that squirrel? And without missing a beat, I said, the only way that would happen is if he had 26 pounds of marijuana strapped to his back, just like your client had in the car. And she had no more questions, <laughs> right? But AJ, I'm I'm confident. I was that confident in that guy, right? Yeah. I was that yeah. confident in Obi that he was going to be focused every single time we did something, right? Every yeah. single yeah. time we did something, he was going to be focused. Nothing was going to distract him, right? And and at the end of the day, to be honest with you, he may got a toy, he may have not gotten a toy, but either way, if I was praising him up. He was happy as he could be. He was yeah. happy as he could yeah. be. And, and that's the guy that I had. Man. I just I think back yeah. through the many years, you know, while we reflect one minute on him and just the the moments, right? Like yeah. they're just so vivid to me. He was ever consistent in what he did. It didn't, it didn't matter where we were, like no matter what, South Carolina, North yeah. Georgia, Green yeah. County, like it didn't matter where we were ever consistent I, I i look back at videos and it's a joke with and and you said this at the memorial service it's a joke because i think we started this with sharon and abraham and them guys in risen cat right it's a, it, it's become a, a joke with us that we would joke and say all right the dope's out all right hold on let me get obi let me go proof the room or let me go proof the car right and then sharon sharon would say let me go get this little mutt that he had right and then abraham would say let me get uh Denzel, you know, and, and it became a joke. But guess what, AJ? We were that confident in those guys, right? We were that confident in those yeah. guys, you know. And I have to say this, I think it's a good point to say this. I mean, we're talking about all these dogs, you know, we just lost Yuri, you know, him and Jerome. They were one hell of a team. And it kind of hit me a little hard because I remember, and I haven't talked to you about this, but Yuri and Obi came in together. And and I was at Canaan school and Alan Cox and them, they came and got Yuri. But that's when I first met Jerome was when he came to get Yuri. So that kind of hit me hard. But, you know, those dogs were just the foundation, right? They set the bar. I'm proud to say that. And I, I'll tell you this right here. And I want you to find me somebody that can disagree with the statement I'm going to make. Those guys set the bar high. And the dogs that are coming out nowadays are just the same quality dog that you, that we had back then and that we made what we made. But it's up to each individual guy nowadays to make your dog there. You know, it's, it's not just the yeah. dog. The dog can't do it, right? I, I will tell you this. And I tell my wife, coming home the other night um, from a trip, I was telling my wife, I said, if I miss training, right, if I missed a training day and I had to go back, Obi never missed a beat. He was still the same place he was when I went back to make that training up, right? And so the the dogs are the dogs know what they got to do. We as handlers just have to have the drive and the desire to do to make that dog do what he can do. And and that's what all of us had talking about Jerome. You remember we were at that seminar? I thought about this driving down the road. Remember we were at this seminar and I ran that track for Jerome and here comes him and Yuri. I mean, and I can hear him coming and that Joker got five feet from me and I threw the toy and that toy went right by his head and he kept coming for me. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, yeah. That, that dog was a phenomenal dog, but 
that dog just didn't come into your kennel. That dog just didn't go to yeah. Richland County yeah. Sheriff's Office and become the legend that he was. That dog is no different. Though. You put in the training, you put in the want, yeah. you put in the yeah. desire, and you're going to get a hell of a product. We do this long enough and we begin to lose dogs. And it's been crazy over the last probably two months on how many dogs have just passed away. One of my buddies, the same week that Obi passed away, and he put his dog down and you get these calls, you get these messages and I always take time to call the handler, even if I hadn't talked to him in two years or three years. When it's these relationships we build in this industry, that's like no other. And, you know, these dogs now that have laid the foundation for not just CCU, but for a lot of handlers, you know, you weren't that's a right. handler before you got this dog and that's right. how they carry careers and how they impact careers and how they, you know, they become legends that we talk about, that we sit around when we're old and, you know, bald like you are now and gray, like I'm getting and, we talk about what it used to be like our dads used to do. Son, I used to walk two miles in the snow. Well, I used to track two miles with Obi. Like these are the legends. Son, I just had to pop the door. My dog ran out and ran the car on his own. Right. Now you have to have a leash on your dog. These are stories that are going to be told. And it's just amazing just to think back and just see all these dogs and how we remember these stories. I can't remember what I did yesterday. Maya's right. asking me about, you know, this email or that email. I can't even remember the title she's talking about, but I can remember that training set that we did in Richland County. And when you threw the ball and Yuri just went straight past it, I can remember that like, yeah. like, like we were just yeah. there. It's just amazing yeah. to, to see yeah. that yeah. Yeah. because you, you just don't forget, man. This, this industry impacts us that way. That's right. That's right. Now, those handlers that haven't lost a dog and haven't had to face this, we can talk candidly with each other now. Not only are we friends, we've been through a lot together. We've shared some good times and some bad times together. And now we're at a point where I've went through you losing a dog, right? And that hurts. That hurts because I know your pain and I know you're hurt. And there's nothing that you can do about it, right? There's nothing that mm-hmm. I could say or do to help you per se other than being there for you but i want these people i want these handlers these guys and girls i want them to know like going into this what was the process that you kind of went through from the time that you kind of understood that the end was coming and i hate to put it like that but you knew like your days were limited with obi and i kind of want to talk through the process from that point to where we are today because i want people to to kind of know what to expect i i I will tell you this there there i have no answer there is no way in my uh, mind to prepare for it right there's just there's no way i i can say this to you aj there's two things that's going to happen in a human life there's two things that's going to happen in an animal's life we're going to live and we're going to die and it's simple Right. And so we as humans, we want to prepare ourselves spiritually. You know, we want to prepare ourselves for the Lord. Right. We can do all of these things when it comes to these dogs. Right. I was not prepared. Like, I'm not afraid to tell you. Like, I I knew it was coming. Right. The vet professionally told me it was coming. 
right? But yeah. I was not prepared mentally for it, right? So I'm going to answer your question mm-hmm. in several different ways. What I would tell new guys, what I would tell old guys, what I would tell, you know, veterans just like myself is when the day comes, right, you have to lean on the, the thing that got me through this whole process was the Lord first, no doubt, because I, I talked to him many times throughout the process. And yeah, but yeah. my family, my family, my friends, my coworkers, yeah. the community, right? AJ, I can't tell you, I've got a stack of cards over here on my desk, right? I mean, over here on my table, cards that the school, the kids made. There's three, four, five hundred cards that I haven't had a chance to read yet, right? There's flowers still coming to the sheriff's office, right? There's Facebook posts, there's Instagram posts, there's Twitter, all these posts. Is, is what has gotten me through it, right? And so I would say when the day comes, right, whether the dog is tragically killed in the line of duty or whether the dog is, is old and retired and you have to put him to sleep or whether he just passes on his own, you know, is you have to be mentally prepared. You can only prepare yourself mentally. The people around you are the ones that are going to get you through it. And I can tell you that that right there is what got me through it, you know, and this isn't a, this isn't a podcast to play, you know, praise AJ and praise your staff. Right. But I want to say this to you. You do not know from the moment that I reached out to you and said, I'm on the way to UGA and it ain't looking good. Right. I remember that vividly. Right. You never, ever, ever took a back seat to that. That was a priority to you. Right. You you still had training going on at your place. You still had people trying to certify at your place. Right. You still had all of these things. Those things were put on hold. Right. Because y'all had to be there for for a canine guy that that was in need. Right. And and it's no different than my family. Right. My wife. My and, and, and I'll say this to you when when I went to the sheriff and I said, here's this. And the sheriff said, well, let's get a little memorial service together. We're going to get a little mo- memorial service together. We'll have it back here in the break room. Right. I said, <laughs> okay. All right. No problem. Right. And then next thing you know, so many people came together. Right. So many people came together that there were people, AJ, that came to that memorial service with the mentality that. I'm here for Pat, but it was just a dog, right? But there's people that left that memorial service with that same mentality and thought process going in that reached out to me and said, I left there with a total different perspective. I left there with a total different thought process, right? And so those are the kind of things that get you through stuff like this. You know, I'm actually on the um, panel with these guys, but we have a, a peer support group right in Georgia. Georgia Department of Public Safety has a peer support team. That Shane has texted me four or five times, right? Shane has called me, you know, and so when, when it comes to our canine friends, what, what we have to do is we have to be prepared to reach out to our resources. That's the only way you'll get through that. We, we don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, but if you have to go through the loss of your canine, definitely do the, reach out to people you need to talk to, lean on the people that you're closest to, you know? And again, we had my community and and, and my community is no different than any other community, but nobody in my community had anything bad to say. You know, nobody in this community here was out there saying, what in in the hell's going on? We got 50 police cars riding down the road in a procession, 
you know, for a dog. No, they didn't say that. Yeah, they said yeah. that was a canine. That was a that was a police canine, right? That that was a guy who who worked who fought for this for the safety of our community, you know. And so that's why yeah. it's so important when people call on us, right? When people call on us, hey, we got career day at the school. Tell me what time to be there, you know. Hey, we got such and such at the yeah. school. Tell me what time to be there, right? Because when you need those folks, those folks will be there for you. And those are the things that we have to do to get through it. And honestly, I agree to do this podcast with you just for it. Just like you said in the beginning, if there's one thing somebody can take away, you know, that that's what I want them to take away. Serve your community be with that dog. And when it is his time to go, the community will rally and support you. And that's what will get you through it. Yeah, that's great advice, man, because, you know, oftentimes, especially law enforcement, right, where we really seclude ourselves when things happen, mm -hmm. right? We we pull away, you right. know, because we're not meant to be seen to be emotional. That's right. And um, but on the flip side, you're telling us that we need to push out and we really need to embrace right. those that are reaching out to us, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, we can't. You know, I, I'll tell you, AJ, the hardest thing during the whole process, right? I, I still have not been in my basement. Right. Like that's where Obi lives. I mean, he had his his little pen down there that led to the backyard. And I mentally, I'm just not ready to go down there. Right. Like I, I'm just not ready. I remember the last time I went down there, he was in his pen. Right. His tail was wagging. His ears were up. Right. He was ready to jump in that Tahoe and go to work. Right. And so I'm not I'm not ready. Right. I'm not ready at all. It, you know, it's just like getting in my Tahoe every single day. I still smell that dog. It still smells like Obi, right? I still look behind me and I got a canine killing in my car, right? But yeah, we just have to, again, I can't say this enough. Our loved ones are what, are what get us through this. Yeah, and we can take, you know, the dog's death as a tragedy, right? And I think you can attest to this is pulling those people in close is really what helps you to cope. Not to get over it, because yeah, yeah. you that only time can help that, but it helps you to cope, and you really get to see the love of people and what mm -hmm. we're called to do and really have that compassion when this tragedy hits, right? And versus pushing everybody away. And a lot of experts can talk about the same thing, right? They We talk about suicide in our industry and in the veteran community. And most of that is when we seclude ourselves and pull away from everybody is when we get to our darkest moments. And so we really need to really push out and bring those That's people right. in that are close, you know? That's right. That's right. Yep. Now, looking back, you know, what I think about even one thing that you said was, you know, hearing him in the back of the car. And that, I think thinking back when I lost my first dog, that was the biggest thing, that silence that was never there for the five or six, seven years that I had that dog. I always knew that he was with me because I always heard him. He always spoke to me. He always like the little mannerisms that they always had that was unique to that dog, whether it was rubbing his head against the cage so I can reach back and pet him or that bark when somebody walked up to my car, that was gone in an instant. And that was really hard for me to get over, you know, especially in the moments where you were just by yourself riding in your mm -hmm. car. And you touched on that. And 
those are just things that you're always going to remember. And those are things that you're just going to have to time. Time has mm -hmm. to just pass and, you know, and working on that. But now looking back, Pat, what have you learned from, from this situation that maybe you didn't realize at the time? Again, AJ, it's, it's like a human being, right? It's like a family member. It's like that that dog is no different and was no different than my kids, right? So as I look back on it, I look back on it and I say, could I have spent more time with him, right? What what could I have done different? You know, could I have uh, played ball with him a little longer in the yard at night? You know, could I have... Uh, taking him to the salon that I have taken him to the salon every Friday and got him a bath. I mean, there's so many things I can think back on. I would say though, mm. you know, there's nothing, there's nothing looking back that I can say that I would have done different. Like there's nothing. I valued every single second that that guy and I were together. Right. I valued that time. Yes. Believe it or not. And, 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 and the handlers that are listening to this thing, they know what I'm talking about, right? That we, we spend more time with those dogs than we do our own family. I mean, we, we spend, yeah. whether you're on a 10-hour shift, a 12-hour shift, eight-hour shift, or you work seven days every two weeks, or you work five, 10 days every two weeks, however you work. When all the numbers come together, you still spend more time with those dogs mm -hmm. than you do your own family. And so yeah. they're just not a partner to us. They become... I mean, they become as close as our family. And so I can say to you, just enjoy every single moment like I did. Like, you know, enjoy every single moment. Don't don't dread training day, right? Don't dread training day. Yeah, You know, yeah. be happy that, that that guy's happy that he's fixing to buy the decoy. You know, be happy of the time that you get together with that guy or girl. You know, be happy with the time you got with those dogs. Because I'll tell you, I mean, again... Canine handlers, they know exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, I wake up every single morning and say, if I could go to see Obi one more time, you know, if I could load him in the car one more yeah. time, if I could deploy him one more time. And, yeah. and so savor those moments, enjoy those moments, be grateful for those moments. You know, uh, don't don't feel like it's a burden that you got to go to canine training. Don't feel like it's a burden that you got to go to certification twice a year or three times or one time, how many times you certify a year, right? Don't be dreadful for that. Enjoy that time that you get with those dogs. Because like you said, it comes to an end. And when that day comes, then you look back and you go, man, what I would give, you know, we just had the seminar uh, down in South Georgia. And I, I, I missed the fact that I wanted Obi to go one more time. I wanted to go one more time. Make the best of the time with your dogs because Again, that the day comes when they're not with you anymore. So, and I, and I think back to my first dog, Pat, and and you're kind of in a similar situation than I was, and the fact that I worked my dog to the end, right? Mm -hmm. So my dog never really got to enjoy retirement. Mm -hmm. You know, when I found out that he was sick and trying to get treatment and trying to come to the realization that my days were limited per se not knowing how long it was going to be, but knowing that, hey, it, it was coming. Do you regret the fact at all that maybe he worked to the end of his career? Because I often think about that, you know, from my perspective. I do not. 
I do not, AJ. And the reason why, and I think when I say this, you're going to agree with this and you're going to think, damn, I never thought that way. And I do not regret that my guy worked until his last breath was taken, right? Because I'll tell you why. Because he was not happy at home retired, right? These guys are not happy if they're not in that patrol car and they're not doing what they want to do. They're not happy. And for Obi, I I will say this. um, I'm not going to say I was selfish, but I feel like I catered to him because I knew that he didn't want to be left at home. Right. I knew that. Like I, I literally brought him to work with me every single day until the day he couldn't jump in that Tahoe. The day that he couldn't jump up in the Tahoe was the day I said, he he can't, he's just not going to make it. Right. And like these guys and girls are not happy retired. Right. They're not happy retired. You know, and, and you can't take a guy that has been trained, that has been worked for eight, nine, ten years, day in and day out, had the opportunity to sniff out bombs, to sniff out dope, had the opportunity to apprehend fleeing people, had the opportunity to 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 love on kids at a school, right? This had the opportunity. All these guys right here, yep. you can't take them and put them in a pen and say, okay, but you're not going to work today. You know, you're, you're going to just basically fade away right here in your pen because that, that's not what these guys want. To answer your question, no, I, I'm not, I don't regret that. I- yeah, it's crazy when I reflect on that too, because I really do feel the same way you do, right? And I can tell you why, and, and the reassurance of this. I was prepared, and like you said, we can't prepare, like we don't grasp the fact of what we're going to go through emotionally when we lose mm-hmm. our dog, right? Mm-hmm. But we do kind of mentally prepare like, okay, the end of days are coming for my dog. I got to kind of think about what I'm going to do, how, how I'm going to handle this. I did go to my department and let them know that this time is coming and I would never allow my dog to suffer. He did right. too much for me. I That's came right. to that fact. Obviously I wanted him to die naturally. My envision was sleeping just to pass away in his sleep. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. Right, and right. When I came downstairs and saw my dog couldn't even get up to mm-hmm. urinate or to eat or drink, I had put chicken. I remember I had took chicken because he had really stopped eating. So I was trying to give him anything that I could think of to get him to eat because I was in my head. That's what I needed to do because I wanted to keep him right. Like I can help yeah. you heal. Yeah give you some good food and you're going to start back eating buddy and you're going to get over this and, and overcome it but when i went down there and i knew i went back upstairs and i told my wife like hey i gotta take my dog's name was argus gotta take him to the vet it's time there's no way that my dog is gonna lay there and won't even get up to go use the restroom but pat the, the assurance that i worked him and provided for him the best quality of life was when i popped that garage door he jumped up because he knew that was the garage door that I opened and he was going to work. He jumped up like nothing was wrong with him, ran around my other car and went to jump in the back of my, of my car. And at the time we had Crown Vicks so much so that I had to catch him because his mind told him it was time to go to work. 
but his body couldn't do it. And I had to catch him and help him into the car. And that was the assurance that he was doing what he loved to do every single day, no matter what. And uh, so I'm 100% on board with you. Staying at home would have probably expedited his life because he would not have been happy. 100%. No, well, no. So, hey, AJ, that Crown Vic you're talking about, that was the one that had the two bubble lights, right? One on the <laughs> each side, the two bubbles. That 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 was when, and that is exactly what happened with Obi, right? He, uh, when I went down there that morning after my wife come up and told me, he was laying there, right? He couldn't stand up, but yeah. I picked him up. I literally drove my car through my grass down to the basement. I picked him up, and when I put him in the back of that car, by the time me and my wife got in the car to take him to UGA, that joker was standing up, man. That joker was standing up in the back of the car, right, looking like I'm ready to go. Where are we going? But by the time I got to the end of my driveway, he was laying back down. He was laying down in the car, right? And that's when I knew. We both have no regrets on working those guys because, you know, leave them at home every day and they see that patrol car pulling out of the yard without them or, or once. And, and, and just to be quite honest with you, that played a lot in my decision that there, there's no way I could ever have another dog. Right. I mean, that, that was my guy, right. I could never leave him in the kennel and then load up another dog and pull out in the patrol car. Man, that joker yeah. would tear that kennel up to get out. You hear me? Yeah. He'd be running yeah. down the road behind my car trying to get in my car, even retired, you know? And and I have a good, uh, well, you know, our friend, and he retired his dog, Enrique, you know, in, in, over in Forsyth County. As mean as that joker was, his, now he's become a family dog, and you would have to fight Enrique's wife to take that dog to work now. I mean, he, he's become he's become part of the family. Well, I mean, even if we drew the correlation between, think about these old guys, and you're going to be one of them where you're close, but these old guys that served these careers for so long and been in law enforcement, what do we always say when they retire? Give them two years. Because they're not going to be happy doing nothing else, man. And I hate to say it, man. This is what we know. You know, I can never see myself retire. I just couldn't. People say that all the time. Well, when are you going to hang it up? I can't. There's no way possible. I got to be involved. Nah, nah. We're, we're wired differently. And right. uh, these dogs are the same way, man. Really are. Right. There's no other way to say it, AJ. There's not. I mean, that, that's the best way to say it. Mentally, it's hard for us to comprehend the loss of our dog or, or that time is coming, right? A handler thinking right now, listening to this, well, I thought you were going to give me some ways to deal with this or not. No, we're, we're telling you up front. You can't prepare for this there's some things you can do maybe you know notify your department and kind of get those things in order talk to some of us on okay well cremation services that we've used and you had a great one because i got to meet those guys that stepped up you had a great vet that you had a partner with with uga that you were able to take them to that really showed compassion i remember you telling me about that and how great they always treated you and then how great they were in this situation. But then it comes down to now you're planning, are you going to have a more memorial service? What are you going to do with his ashes? If you're going to have the dog cremated 
And those are decisions you can think through and prepare mm -hmm. for. But mentally preparing for the process that you're going to go through emotionally is very hard um, because people handle grief in many different ways. That's right. And that's the hard thing. But I think we go right back to what you told us on pulling in your support group, your friends, your family, and embracing the community that's trying to reach out to, to help you. And that's a hard thing to process. And as mm -hmm. veterans that have went through it now, you know, we just want people to know, listen, you're going to go through a wealth of emotion. It's okay. That's fine. It's fine to cry. I seen Pat Perquet crying. I never thought I'd see that. Point <laughs> That's right. Ever, because I know how you are, right? But That's right. I could feel your pain, man. And that's the hard thing as a friend sitting back and going, well, what can I do? What can I say? And, you know, we tread lightly in that, in that regard. And that's something I struggle with. Uh, Maya and I talked about it. I never want to be that guy that goes, well, this is for, so I can look like I'm doing something because mm -hmm. that's never the intention, right? So how can I do enough to where I do enough for my friend, but don't overdo it to where it appears to be that's ulterior motives, right? And that's what we struggle with, especially when you own a business, right? Because that's yeah, the first yeah. thing people go to is like, oh, they're only doing it for this or for that. And I was very cognizant of that. And so most mm -hmm. of the conversations you and I had were, behind the scenes you know because it wasn't about us it was about obi first off mm -hmm. but your agency is about you we have to honor those things and the service that this dog had so really preparing for that and yep. we've been involved in in many memorials over the years with handlers and we're always 100 like it's the biggest honor that any handler could give us that's to, right to allow that's us right. to help them through this time and we really don't take that lightly. We learn from every single one. It gives us yep, more experience yep. to help others. That's right. But if you think about it, AJ, there's one common denominator in every one of those services. And that common denominator is the support from everybody, right? These people yep. are not at these memorial services because their agency or their department head made them go. Right. These people are there because they want to be there. They want to be there to honor the, the handler and most importantly, the dog. And I want to take this opportunity to tell people this is what everybody doesn't realize is that support system is what gets somebody through a handler through that tough time. I yeah. mean, yeah. I, when I turned that corner and you were there, you saw it. When I turned that corner that day, and both sides of that hallway were lined with dogs, right? I froze, man. I went paralyzed. Like, I, I looked at my wife and I said, I can't walk down there, right? And then I looked around yeah. and, and I remember vividly, I looked at the, at the fire chief and I looked at Chief Wiggins and he nodded to me and he said, you got to do it. I read his lips, right? And, and then I looked back down that hallway and I had all my canine brothers and sisters and the dogs are barking and some of them need a little obedience training but they, uh, <laughs> i'm teasing i'm teasing uh, but to, to see those guys and girls standing there not because not because their sergeant or not because their chief or not because their sheriff said you got to drive four hours to be there 
You know what I mean? Because they said we want to be there. And that right there, that support system is what I'm talking about that gets us through those times. You know, I, I said in the beginning of this topic that there's no way to prepare for it. I still stand strong on that. There's no way to prepare for it. But if you really want to, if there's any one word, if there's any one way that I could say would entertain that word of preparing for it, I would say it would be to build your support system, you know, to build your support system with your family, with your friends, with your fellow canine handlers, you know, with everybody, you know what I mean? So is there anything you would have done differently, you think, looking back? I can honestly say there is not one thing that I would have done differently in our career. Not one thing. We had a hell of a career. We had a hell of a career, AJ. People reached out to me afterwards and said to me, man, that video, you know, was that his whole career? Man, that that was just a few cases. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, I, yeah. I, I'm not here to be boastful or arrogant or nothing. I mean, that was just a few cases that guy made, right? Like, that yeah. video was eight and a half minutes long. That video could have been an hour and a half long if I'd have put everything that that sure. guy did in his career, you know? And so... I, I wouldn't change a thing, man. I wouldn't change a thing. And and, yeah. and I want to take this time to say this here. When we talk about the loss of a dog, right? We, I, I think that, that we don't only talk about the dog dying, right? Or the dog retiring or the dog. Yeah. Let, let AJ, for just a split second, let's talk about if the dog is taken away from you, right? Let's just say, because that is something that is common in our industry right? Guys make mistakes, right? Uh, while I'm on this topic, and this is the direction that I'm going to say that, you know, I made a mistake. I, I don't, I, I will not say it was me. I won't say it was the share. I'll say that there was a time in my career with Obi that I parted ways with this agency, right? I was gone for 11 months, yeah. right? I was blessed and Obi was blessed with a hell of a guy that was assigned Obi, right? And Josh did a, did a hell of a job, Elrod, yeah. he did a hell of a job with, with Obi during that time period. But I never gave up, right? Even though I suffered from the dog being taken from me, I never yeah. gave up. I always said, I'm going to get back where I was at, right? I always said, I'm going to get back with Obi, right? That, I was going to do that, right? So I, I would say to guys that are, that are listening to this, yeah. I would challenge yeah. those people not to fold. I would challenge those people to continue to fight, to get back to where you're at and to do what you want to do, right? That's something that I want to add to that. And just, I, I thought about when you were talking about losing the dog. It, we don't only lose them to retirement. In this industry, people do dumb things and that's part of the discipline. They may get put back on road or, you know, they may be suspended from canine for a certain period of time. You can't let that hold you down. You got to continue. You got to fight to get back where you were at. Man, that's the old trainer in Pat, man. He's just like, push, man. Continue to push, push. But I love it, man. That's why we get along so well. We can't give up. You no. can't, you know, fold to adversity. We got to keep pushing and encourage each other, keep our network close. And there's, you know, a, a lot to pull out of an hour and a half talk between two old veterans and two old men, right? I say that. I'm laughing because I ain't old at all, man. You know, I still run with the best of them. Just right, to let right. you know, Maya, don't be looking like that. But at the end of the day, man, there's a lot to unpack, you know, especially a topic that I've never read about. 
You search on the internet what to do when my dog passes or my canine dies, but you just don't get any advice. And this is something that we need to talk about. We need to sit there and help each other out. You know, the last thing I want you doing when you've lost your dog is thinking about what to do next. We need to step in and say, hey, man, I got right. you. Grieve right. over your dog and let me, or let us, and I say we because, Pat, think about how many people stepped up. I remember having a meeting with the sheriff, the captain, your handler, Matt Cowdery, Maya Simpson, uh, the fire chief, uh, the dispatch director, like yeah, all yeah. these people. And that's not even scratching the surface of the amount of people. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, sometimes we can be arrogant and I came from the same cloth. We don't get along with the fire department because we work harder than the fire department and everybody right, knows that, right? Right. But yet right. we get the most flat. So there's always that battle between us and the fire department. But That's let me right. tell you who was standing up blocking intersection, who stood yes, at attention and, yes, and looked great and welcomed you guys with open arms, the freaking right. fire department. Like, when we left my house as we were traveling down the road and the fire guys and the EMS people were standing, I, I literally almost couldn't even turn the Tahoe to take the procession through there. We have talked and talked for this entire time about the support system, right? So, you know, that's why we have to work so hard to build that support system. That's why we have to work so hard to make sure these guys know that they're appreciated. It's the same thing in the department, right? We cannot have the mentality as Kane. I will not tolerate, you talk to anybody that works for me, I will not tolerate arrogant or I'm better than you attitude just because we got a canine. Because yeah, yeah. when it comes time for those patrol guys to, 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 to come back and support us, none of them, none of them complained about it. I had guys that had to go seven, eight o'clock the night before the service and pay huge amounts of money to have the pants hemmed on their class A uniforms, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the support system that I'm proud of, right? The sheriff sent out an email and said, here's the details for the, for the memorial service for Ovi. It didn't say you're required to be there. It didn't say you're required to be in a class A uniform. It didn't say to the fire department, you're required to be in a, in, in a dress uniform. It didn't say none of that. Those men and women took it upon themselves to go, to look the best, not for me, but for that four-legged guy, right? That's yeah, why sure. they did that. And so when we talk about that support system, that's what we want to build, right? If we're the canine guy on duty that night, we're not too good to pull a wreck that we're pulling up on. Yeah, we're not yeah. too good to check a burglar alarm that we just passed the business. We're not too good to do any of that just because we got canine on the car. We're going to yeah. lend a hand with those patrol guys just like they come to us when we need their help. And that right there is how you build that support system. Well, it's crazy, man, because the foundation of where all this goes, and you're speaking about it right now, Simon spoke about it on the podcast that I spoke with him about, and he talked about community, communication, and the community that we have here. We spend so much time, and Pat, we know firsthand, we spend so much time downplaying each other a lot of times when we don't realize how important 
our community is. And I mean the community we live in, but also the canine industry and community that we work in. That's right. That's you know, right. We'll push people away rather than embrace them. Right. Because we think right. that they know more than us or they may find out a little secret about how we do things or whatever versus embracing them. And it's in times like this, and you talked about it, bringing people in and, and building those relationships versus severing mm -hmm. relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, Listen, AJ, I have never, ever, and this is my encouragement to everybody listening to this. If somebody calls me and says, hey, can we get your canines to do this? Can we get your canines on an operation tomorrow morning? Can we get your canines down here to run school searches? Can we get your canines? I never say no, right? And in return, I had a situation a couple of weeks ago. Of course, Obi wasn't in service and the other dogs weren't available. And so I, I needed a dog to run a school search. And when I reached out to these folks, they didn't say no, right? It wasn't a, well, I got such and such to do tomorrow. I got, no, it was, can you send me the directions where I got to go? And so as a community, that's what we have to do. We have to support each other. So I would say, if you got a dog, be that guy. You know, I've worked many nights till one, two o'clock in the morning and then had to get up and go somewhere that next morning to go do this or that. Be that guy yeah. that does it. Be proud to take your dog there. Be proud of that. You know, and that's how that's how we build that support system I'm talking about. And and I promise you, it comes around. It comes around. I can pick up this phone right now. It's a joke, right? Everybody talks about all the people pat notes, right? I can't tell you how many times a day my phone rings and somebody says, hey, I got such and such. So just, just today, somebody called me and said, hey, I got a parcel I need run. Who can I call? It's like, hold on, let me call so-and-so, you know? And, and yeah. so it, it goes along with everything that I teach and everything that I stand strong on. It's not only building that support system, it's the networking that comes with it. Don't be afraid to, to network with everybody. And, and, and that's what we have to do. So. Yeah, that's right. It's crazy because you get these guys and girls that isolate themselves, even with training. They don't reach out. They don't attend training. They don't train with other groups or it's this way or no way. And I hear that from trainers all the time. If you're training with so-and-so, you can't come train with us. Right. I literally had a guy tell me that a trainer told him that. Right. He said, tell him right. to give me a call, man. And you know, right. we'll have a talk because that's right. just no, absolutely absurd to me. But that right. also tells me where it's coming from too, in regards to just scared that somebody's going to learn something new or learn something else or whatever, you know, right. it doesn't matter, man. We're all in the same game at the end of the day. That's right. Um, a couple of years ago, we were invited to a seminar. There was 108 dog teams there. I only know of two teams that were there that were from Custom Canine, right? We were in South Georgia. Yeah. But we were treated no different than the other 106 teams that were there. As a matter of fact, not only did we go, but we won the damn competition, right? And so <laughs> we really stepped on everybody's toes, and we really said, here we are, right? We're like Deion Sanders. We here, you know? And so, <laughs> but but I say that to say this. Did I agree with some of the ways that, that, that things were being done? No, I didn't. Did they agree with some of the ways that I was doing things? No, they didn't. But in the end, we accomplished the goal, and that goal being finding the dope, right? And so yeah. in this industry, if we're fighting amongst each other, 
right, or we're territorial against each other, then the bad guys are winning, period. When anytime we have training, and I learned this from you, anytime we have training here, I don't give a darn where that dog came from, right? If you're a canine handler, you want to come here, you come here. And now I'm going to tell you the way I feel, you know, if there's something you can add or help that person. I mean, I, I can tell you several times, AJ, I, we went, I'm, I'm not going to name the place, but I went with you to an agency one time and they had dogs that were, you know, from somewhere else. And we gave them our advice and they were on board and they took some things that they had learned one place and the things they learned from us and you put them together and you make a product. I mean, it's no different than anything we do in this field. When, when we're fighting with each other, the bad guys are winning. So, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's right. the other thing when it comes to, to that. Don't be selfish. So what this guy works for ABC Police Department, invite that guy to come to your training. Let's help that guy yeah, out because right. it doesn't just help my dog. It, it, we're helping the whole canine industry as a whole when we're making people better, you know? So, yeah, that's yeah right. absolutely. Well, you did mention a peer group, and I'd like for you to mention that peer group again, um, because we're going to add it to the show notes, um, because I want people to have that resource as well, uh, right. because a lot of people may not know that that support system, at least in the state of Georgia, is available. I'm sure most right. states have it for law enforcement. They do. They but do. I do want to make sure that we get that in the show notes, because if you, if you can't call a buddy, call them. Right, and, right. 100%. You know. And I lean on them a lot. Again, I've been to their uh, post-traumatic stress um, seminar. Um, I, I actually had called Shane. He's the, he's the one assigned our area. He's, I think Shane's ex-GBI maybe or, or anyway, but state yeah. of Georgia has, under this governor, Brian Kemp, has, again, he, he loves law enforcement. I mean, and he's going to do whatever it takes to make sure we're taken care of. They created, I believe it's called the State of Georgia Office of Peer Support or Department of Public Safety Office of Peer Support. But anyway, the leader of that group now is from GBI and they got troopers on there. They got ex-deputy sheriff on there, David James. David was shot when I was a kid. He was my dad's partner in Augusta and David was shot. Hell, I don't a bunch of times and, and he survived it and he's on that he's worked for the department of the, for that peer support group but i i use them anytime there's a major incident involving an officer whether it be an officer involved shooting i most recently used him we had a pursuit where the the guy committed suicide uh during the pursuit and and uh, i had to reach out to those guys to help those officers you know um but yeah. but most importantly for us those guys are one of us, right? They are yeah, either yeah. active law enforcement or they're either retired law enforcement, but uh, they they are an ear. You know, it, it doesn't matter what you got going on in your life, whether it's the loss of a dog, whether it's a, a traumatic event at work, whether it's a, a, an issue with your family, those guys are there to listen to us. They do a phenomenal job. I'm telling you, I've called them at 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and they answer the phone and they're coming. You know, and so they're a heck of a resource. You know, there's a reason why these peer groups are made available because, again, you come back to where I come from in law enforcement. We were taught, you know, you don't talk to people. You you deal right. with your grief. You deal with whatever's going on, but you better suck it up and keep moving on. Well, I'm right. here to tell you that's that's not the best option. 
No, no. And that's why our suicide rates are as high as they are. That's why our divorce rates are as high as they are. That's why we have so many officers that lean on substance abuse, whether it be alcohol or drugs, mm. is because we are, man. We're taught to be the tough guy. You know, we're taught to be that guy. We, we have to be tough, right? But we have to talk. We have to talk. And I think sometimes we don't talk to our spouses for whatever reason. We just bottle it up. And that's where we get into so much depression. And that's when we, next thing you know, that's when we're leaning on alcohol and drugs. Yeah. And it's just, it's a, it's a domino effect. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that wasn't the plan to go into this, but, you know, we're dealing with a loss of a dog, we're dealing with emotions, we're dealing with trauma mm -hmm. and, and it's hard. And that's right. You know, we want to resonate the steps. We want to give you, give everybody listening resources. We want them to learn from our mistakes and our successes, obviously, but we just want to make sure that everybody has the resources necessary in dealing with the loss, trauma, any of those things, because this, Dealing with a loss of the dog is trauma. It is, and that's hard to get over or to even deal with. And you're really saying it best when you say bring in people close and giving us that perspective. It's just awesome to hear it from somebody that has a wealth of knowledge, somebody that came up through time of law enforcement in a long career, and it's coming from somebody that is telling you this is the way that we need to go. And guys, I can't resonate that more. That's right. That's right. Yep. Well, Pat, hey man, I can't thank you enough. You know, my brother, my friend, like I learned so much from you and I'm really blessed to have you in my life, man. I can't thank you enough for being on here, sharing man, some knowledge. I can't thank you enough. You know, it, it's no secret. Everybody says, man, Pat loves a camera. Pat loves a newspaper. Pat loves <laughs> this. But honestly, AJ, I cannot thank you enough for having me. It, it's done me a lot of good. It, I know you, we, we didn't talk before this. You shot me a text this morning and said, are you good talking about Obi? And honestly, I, I choked up for a minute, but it, it did me some good because mm -hmm. I believe that he's still living through us, right, to help some other guys out there, right? And that's why I'm honored to be on here. And I'll, I'll be glad to come on here anytime I can and help anybody. And again, no matter what, we're just a phone call away, any of us. And that's, that's how we need to be. Yeah. Well, what everybody doesn't know is Pat said that we had to have a certain amount of followers before he got on this show so we finally reached that milestone we, okay okay on. okay all right well i was trying to text my wife behind scenes and say hey tell all you people to follow this thing you know i can't have just single digit numbers here you know so uh what you don't know is happening folks with my family but it's okay <laughs> all right. hey man i love you man and i appreciate hey, love you, you too, brother. You